Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rhema Word of Faith, the Word Church. Again, welcome to another exciting broadcast. We're going to finish up or piggyback on what we spoke on out of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We were talking about, oh, us being God's house, us being God's building. And there's so many scriptures that reference that. And again, we were just uh, revealing or reiterating that the church building is not the church. That's where we meet at. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Greater is he that's in us. And again, you can do very little for God if you have the wrong, wrong image. So God's desire is to put his image inside of us. That's part of the renewing of the mind. That's part of the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in us. So we have to start referring to ourselves as God's house, as God's building. The scripture says we're in First Peter, we're being built up a holy house for God. He's building us up. We're the body of Christ, and he desires to build us up as his house. Because over in Acts, it says God doesn't dwell in, in buildings made with men's hands. Well, because he dwells in us. That, that's the revelation that Jesus brought, well, Christ first. in you. First Corinthians oh, chapter three, verse 16, you know, a little farther down than we were looking last week says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Right, right, right. And then we can go over to Romans. And here's a greater revelation over that in Romans chapter eight. And this is the good news. Eight, 11. Now, you just said what you said. Now, look what he says in 11. But or because the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you he who also raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you that's good news and there's so many scripture references especially in the new testament that talks about how god dwells in us and again remember the old testament was a shadow of things to come before jesus remember they did keep god in a box in the what was that the holies of holies? What was that? The Ark, Ark of, of covenant? covenant. Yeah. So that's what people were used to. But now God says, I'm going to manifest myself in the flesh. And not only that, I'm going to man manifest myself in you. That's the what seems to be the miraculous. But that's what God wanted all the time to dwell inside of us. And I believe uh, David said it like this. He says, your word I've hidden in my heart 
you and your word are one. <laughs> and God, the scripture says in Romans 5, the spirit of God has been poured out in our hearts through his spirit that was given to us. So he's all up in us. And he's in us to get us over, to give us victory, to always cause us to triumph. And we have to, again, start having that image, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And again, that was one scripture, that one that over in Corinthians, the latter part says, don't you know that the, the spirit of God dwells in you? Well, when I was getting delivered from smoking and drinking and using drugs and all that, that's the scripture that became light for me. Because God was saying, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. So why are you putting all this crap in it? Not only that, why are you letting all this crap come out, <laughs> out of your mouth? Remember, the scripture said, any what goes in that defiles it, what comes out comes of a man. Out. Yep. Yeah, but well, I was putting all this crap in, so it was coming out. So again, God doesn't, his spirit doesn't take pleasure in, in all that crap, you know, so... Our bodies. We're well, being... see, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. Right. Right. So as, and, and to go back to the scripture that we use all the time, that we're to be transformed. We're not to be conformed anymore to likeness of the world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Mm -hmm. And as that renewing takes place, then out of our heart will speak goodness mm -hmm. instead of all the other stuff that we tend to want to speak. Mm -hmm. And so God changes us from the inside out. So you can tell what a person believes by what they say. Oh, yeah. And especially when the pressure's on. I, I like to always <laughs> say, people can fake it for an hour. Anybody can fake it for an hour on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't care who you are. You can fake it for an hour on Sunday. But it's when the pressure comes on, when the times get tough or something happens in the snap of, of the finger, that's when you tell what somebody really believes, how they react then. Amen. Here's another verse of Scripture that bears witness to that the bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses let every word be established i mean what we're talking about the topic let it be established out of the mouth of two or three witnesses here's one more witness in first corinthians chapter six and uh, we'll pick it up and actually now he was talking about sex sexual immorality as it pertains to your body i'll pick it up at verse three the latter part of 13 well 13 foods for the stomach and stomach for the Stomachs for food, but God will destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Ooh, my body's for the Lord. Okay, and the Lord for the body. Hmm. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. Verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Verse 17. But he who is joined of the Lord is one spirit with him. Then he goes to say, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits it commit sexual immorality, sins against his own body? Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Right. See, we're, we don't belong to ourselves. We anymore. don't. That's why Jesus is Lord. That means owner. 
Yeah, we like the savior part. We're not so keen on that Lord we're, part. Well, well, you know, well, you know, and, then, and that's interesting too, is because we live in a society, the United States of America, where we like to talk about freedom. I got freedom of religion. I got freedom of speech. I got freedom, all kinds of freedoms. And I'm not a slave to no man. And we like to think that way. And it's got to the point almost in, in our country where we don't even want to think of ourselves as being beholden to God. Right. God can't even tell me what to do. I'm my own man. I can do what I want. I can think what I want. I can Somebody act like I want. in heaven thought like that, and they got tossed out. Right. No, I mean, that is the spirit of the devil right there. Right, right. Actually, really, that's what he, that was his problem. Right, that was his nobody problem. nobody's going to tell him what to do. Right. Well, oh how many myself. times have you talked to, and I know I've talked to people who said, you live your life, I'll live mine. I'll do what I want. I'll live the way I want. That is the whole attitude of the devil. That, mm-hmm. that is what really got Eve into trouble because she wanted to be God for herself. She wouldn't need mm-hmm. God. The devil convinced her she wouldn't need God anymore if she would eat that fruit. Well, that's man's problem ever since the beginning. It's still man's problem. We want to do things our own way. We want to have our own head. We want to be free to act and live and talk and do just whatever we want. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I can still remember. Oh, man, it cracks me up when I think about it. I'd be a kid thinking, man, when I turn 18, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I want to stay up all night. I can do whatever I want to do. Then you get to be an adult and you find out more people are telling you what to do than you ever had when you were a kid. Because when you are a kid, it was just two people telling you what to do. You get to be an adult, you find out there's a few more. But it is interesting how we don't even like God to tell us what to do. We, we are so bent on freedom in this country that we don't like the idea, really, of Jesus being our Lord. Yeah, we'll grasp onto that. He's my Savior. Yeah, I'm saved from my sin. I'm going straight to heaven. I know I got to but the Lord part of that, and that's where we got to come to realize just what uh, the scripture you were reading there. He is the Lord of our life. He has bought us with a price. We are no longer our own in that sense. He, we are, he's alive in us. But Richard, I like to say this. Anything God has for his children or his people, it's good. We sing songs, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. We say phrases like God is good all the time. Well, God, and, and he said, my commands are not burdensome. Jesus said, come learn of me. You know, take of my yoke, which is easy, and my burdens, which are light. So God's not going to put something on you that's not for your good, just like any responsible parent. We're not going to tell our child to do something just to spoil their fun. We're telling them out of wisdom. And I got one more scripture concerning who we are as God's house. It's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse uh, Look what he says here. I'm going to start at 2-1. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and evil speaking, as newborn babies, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow there, grow thereby. God's word will grow you up. Now look what he says. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Verse 4. Coming to him as to living stones, rejected even by men, but chosen by God as precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. So he's saying we're being built up as we continue to feed on the word, we're being built up a spiritual house. Well, that's a good thing because we're being, we're starting to, we're being built up to look and act and walk and talk like Jesus. 
the firstborn of many brethren. Conform to the likeness of Christ. That's it. That's what it's There's all no about. There's no option either. You know that God doesn't give you the option. Well, you can grow up to be like my son or not. It's up to you. No, we're to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. And Jesus always said, it's not me, it's the Father in me. He does the work. He said, I don't do anything that the Father hasn't told me. So he didn't mind submitting. Remember? But he's our Lord. So if our Lord, follow me as I follow Christ, Paul said. Scripture says, be imitators of God as his children. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Christ didn't mind being submissive. He didn't mind humbling himself. Truth, the scriptures say he humbled himself even unto death on the cross. That was obedience if I ever seen it. Right. You know, humbled himself to leave the glory of heaven. Right. And come down here and to be crucified, spit on, talked about, mocked, flogged, whooped on the back with a cat of nine tails. All of that because God told him to. Wow. Because Father God instructed him to. And he said, okay. And then he tells us when we're going through it, what? Count it all joy. Christ, he counted it all joy well, see, too. Here, and, and I tell people this all the time. You'll never be able to stand before God and say, you don't know what it's like to be me. You don't know what it's like to be a human being. Because Jesus came. He lived as a man. Right. God knows what it is to be a human being. Right. We'll knows. never be able to say, man, you don't know what it was God like. God doesn't know how you, I feel. He doesn't know what I'm going through. Right. You don't know what it is. You don't know what it is to have to deal with people that don't understand you. You don't know what it is to have to deal with oppression. You don't know what it's like to, to be mistreated or misunderstood. Yeah, he does. Well, the scripture says we don't have a high priest who don't know how we feel. He said he endured all of that, too. He endured being, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, humiliated. You know, talked about, lied upon. Shoot, even when Jesus had his, was operating in his earthly ministry, they were talking about him. They well, said he was a demon. Well, I mean, even <laughs> his disciples didn't understand it. Right. You, ever, you know, people say, man, I'm so misunderstood. People just don't understand me. Jesus knows all about being misunderstood. Right, right, right. Yeah, like I say, they called him a demon. They say he cast out demons by Beelzebub, so he must be operating out of demonic spirit. And he's like, what? Come on, guys. Demonic spirits wouldn't be healing people, multiplying food and all this, but that's how people are. And again, we need to get our thoughts up to where God's thoughts are. Think like him. Have well, when, that's Christ. why the Bible talks about if you're persecuted for the Lord's sake, that's a good thing. Right, right. I mean, if you're speaking you're the Lord's partaker. word, then that is a, it is not something to be shied away from. It's not something to run from. It is a good thing, actually, to be persecuted for the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're God's body, and uh, we have to understand that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Again, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, that Holy Spirit, that spirit of faith, it resides on the inside of us. And it wants to do great things. I always say, you know, when you get born again, you have seeds of greatness in the inside of you. And God wants you to stay connected to him through his son, Jesus Christ, who's our Lord and Savior, and just flourish. Jesus said it over in John 15. I am the branch. I am the vine. You are the branches. He said, if you stay connected to me, and we know all the nourishment comes out of the vine which the roots are inside the vine, and then the branches just produce the fruit. Well, Jesus said, I am the vine. You guys, the body of Christ, you're the branches. He said, if you stay connected to me, 
you'll be fruitful. And he says, my father's desire that you bear much fruit. He's glorified in this. That bear much fruit, that means produce. Produce what I said you're going to produce. And Jesus said, he came that we have, may have life and have it more abundantly. So wherever there's abundance of health, healing, prosperity, social status, a sound mind, love, God said, that's where I'm at. Well, see, so many people, especially non-Christians, but even some Christians think that Christianity is about thou shalt not. I talk to people all the time and they're like, you know, someday when I get older, I might become a Christian because clearly in their mind. I being, got unused up myself. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> clearly in their mind, being a Christian is no fun. I'll go lay out so, the pastor so, at your church. <laughs> right. So I'm going to I'm gonna have fun while I'm young. And then someday when I am, like you say, I'll, used I'll come up, over to the community church of God and I, just lay it, yeah, sit on my blessed assurance. When I'm used up, then I can... Then I'll become a Christian because it won't matter anyway because I'll be all used I'll up. I'll be all, yeah, then I'll serve and God. And so for some reason, a lot of people think that about God, that he is like anti-fun, and they think that Christianity is about thou shalt not. Christianity is not about thou shalt not. Even mm-hmm. Christians sometimes think that Christianity is about thou shalt not. No, Christianity is about the fact that you are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you. As we talked about earlier, Christ in you, the hope of glory, one of my favorite scriptures. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about my God can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's Christianity. But for some reason, Christianity has become to a lot of people Thou shalt not do this. Thou shalt not do that. And that God is somehow up there keeping score. And that if you don't do enough of the thou shalt's and you do too many of the thou shalt nots, you're going to be in trouble well, you with it. You know what? I, I was telling people uh, at the church service the other day, and I, I say this all the time. A lot of people, um, we, we know what we know, and can't nobody tell us that we're wrong. And the scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it's death. So we, we basically, our belief system is our belief system, and you can't pay me enough to tell me I'm wrong. So I, I say that to say this. We just have this, we're presumptuous. We presume we know about God, and we really don't. You don't know about God until you, first of all, receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you start, you get, that means get born again, and then you start from there, Increasing in the knowledge of right. the Lord's Until will. you get saved, it is impossible to know God. So, but but a lot of people that aren't saved seem to have all this information about God. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said, said like me, I, I break it down real simple. There's people, I live in a community, I have a little influence here, I'm well known. But a lot of people think they know me personally. No, they know of me. They don't know me. Very, you know, uh, people, there's people that do know me, my immediate family members and people, you know me. But a lot of people know of you. And they know of God, but they think they know God. And, and we were like that before we were saved. Right. I thought I knew God. Can't tell. I know about God. I get non-Christians trying to tell me about my heaven. <laughs> I'm like, and they don't even know what the book of Genesis is in the scriptures. But they can tell you about God and what he wants, and, and they'll tell you how you're supposed to well, be as a Christian. Well, one of the things I think is funny is I'll talk to men that don't know anything about the Bible, but somehow they heard that the Bible says the man's the head of the household. Right, right, right. And they know that. nothing else. Right, right. And they think that means that you just sit on the couch snapping your fingers telling mm-hmm. the, the little woman what to do. Well, uh, and here's what the truth is. The Bible reveals to us that the God of this world, little G, Satan, the devil, has blinded the minds of those who believe not. It says unless they turn 
to the Lord and they'll get enlightened. So the devil programs us with a belief system about a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, God, for one, he try to he lies to us about things. And then once the veil is taken off and we come out of darkness into light, God starts illuminating us through our, his spirit that dwells in us. He started revealing stuff because that's where your believing takes place at in your heart, in your spirit. Right. And that's why your mind has to be renewed. He starts to, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes to open to live inside of you, your spirit is now open to heaven. You can hear from heaven. But previous to that, you couldn't, you thought you were. <laughs> you were deceived into believing you were, but you wasn't. Because the first thing you would have heard is, like Paul said, Lord, Lord, is that you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You'd have came on in and received and then continued to grow in the knowledge of the Lord's will. Remember, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's good. Once you have a divine encounter with God, 99% of the time, you ain't going to say, oh, I, I'm, I'm done with this. this. I tasted it. It wasn't so good. And there are ministries that will make God taste bad. It's called religion. <laughs> so we're talking about the true one and only God, the one that Scripture said, well, the spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. You were talking about freedom earlier. The Scripture said, well, there's freedom in Christ Jesus. And, it, and again. Right, he's come to set us free. Yeah, and, and not only that, on freedom, I think the Apostle Paul said this. He says, you know, all things are illegal for me to do but that don't mean they're they're good for me right so we can still make choices i know christians that make bad choices you're listening to one right here as a christian i made a lot of bad choices but i'm learning from those bad choices and i know how to make correction because god will lead you on the right path See, all things are possible but not all things are beneficial that's the scripture See, i was like referring to saying how <laughs> earlier when I said, when I was young, I'd say, man, I'll eat ice cream whenever I want. I'll stay up all night if I want. You come to realize as you get a little older that while you could do those things, they're not necessarily going to be beneficial. Well, prime example, I've been changing my diet lately. I'm not eating so much sweets, especially before bedtime. And I, I've been, been on this for two weeks. I've been doing good because I noticed something. When I eat sweets just before bedtime, I, get, I wake up with a headache. So for the last couple of weeks, I said, you know, I'm going to change my diet. And I haven't been doing that. Cutting back on sweets. And last night, I just felt like stopping and getting two gallons of ice cream. It was two for $6. I bought a butter pecan and a strawberry, two gallons. Don't tell me you ate them all. No, no, I ate them all. But I ate some cookies after service. Now, this is the guy that's supposed to be letting the sweets along. Now, it's legal for me. I can do it. I eat all the sweets I want. But it ain't beneficial to me. So I'm knowing what it'll do. But I kind of had a moment of... Uh, Alzheimer's there. I forgot. <laughs> so I, I ate I ate ice cookies yesterday, I ice cream, and before I went to bed, I had a bowl of chocolate cocoa puffs. And guess what happened this morning? You had a headache. I woke up with a headache. So it was legal for me to do all right. that, you, but it, it didn't benefit possible. me. Yeah, <laughs> It didn't benefit me because I w woke up feeling like crap, and I was like, you know what? I don't like this feeling. So now I got to make the correction again. I'm going to make the corrections. So... Yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. I that's mean, that's my plan. the way it is with our, our diet and everything else, not just ice cream, but any of our diet. That's the way it is with any of our life. You can stay up all night. Certainly you could. Nobody can tell you you can't, but is it going to be beneficial to you after a couple nights? Right, it's not right, going right. to be so good. Especially if I got to be at work in the morning. It ain't going to be beneficial. I get on people about that on Saturday nights. You know, they come to service. I tell people, plan for Sunday. Because that's back to seek ye first, the kingdom. You got to plan to make it 
to a Sunday services on time. So with that, you had to do your prep work Saturday. <laughs> you got to go to bed early in order to get up on time. Closing the bars up at two and wandering. Right, you can't do right. And talking about I'm going to be at service by nine. <laughs> it ain't going to work. I get on people all the time, and I just say that's where your priorities at. And again, your priorities should be just like you go to that job and you prep to go to that job. You should do that with the Lord. And I know that's a whole other subject, but it's back to that's probably something that we ought to talk about too, because people do that. They would never miss work on Monday. Oh, no, no, but. God will God will understand if I'm not there. On and Sunday. they'll be at the job before it's time to punch the clock because well, they're trying to get brownie points with the boss man. Right. And back in Malachi, you know, they're giving God blemish sacrifices, and God says to them, "Would you give this to the governor? Uh, Would you give this to the governor and think that he's going to accept it?" Well, you know what? That same thing happens with us. We, our time, whatever we got left over, we'll give to God. Our finances, whatever we got left if over, we'll give to God. If I can make it to a Sunday service, and, you know, God you know, be happy. Yeah, and God, God won't mind if I miss. And you know what? He's probably lucky I showed up anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he doesn't have anything to gripe about. And we do. We we treat God the same way that they did in Malachi's day where when God actually does say to them, would you give this to government? You could say to somebody that, you know, missed church because um, they had company. Missed church because, missed worship, <laughs> missed worship because they were up late or whatever. Would they go to their boss on Monday, on Tuesday and say, well, I wasn't at work yesterday because I had company. I wasn't at work yesterday because I stayed up Sunday night and closed the bar. No, they would that. never do it because they know their boss wouldn't put up with it. Yet, for some reason, we think that God will put up with it. God won't mind, he won't care, and but he does. Back to the scripture we referenced, it's legal for me to do that, but is it beneficial? Right. It's not beneficial to you because you missed out. Uh, you got to be surrounded by the word of God as much as possible. Well, see, and you missed out on worshiping God. That's what right. church is all about. You missed out on worshiping. that. You missed out on, in our ministry, we're a Bible teaching ministry. You missed out on getting spiritually fed, too. Worshiping the Lord, yes. Getting spiritually fed, fellowshipping with other believers, and perhaps being a blessing to somebody there. When you said, uh, well, I'm disconnected from the body this month or this week or this Sunday. I, I well, got, I got some out of town things. company. Right, right, right. So you, th that's, that's, that's uh, contrary to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things bad for you. Well, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of word or faith. And uh, we just want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.